0: Man, Steve, you never heard me preach before, so there's a lot of pressure today that Steve's here, and I'm a little, my pits are sweating a little bit more than normal, and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> Sometimes I say things, and I just want to see what John King's reaction is, and he's like, what are you doing, John? What are you doing? Good night. I can't believe this. If I would have known who'd be preaching years after me, I probably would have just stopped and... Close the doors of Stones River. No, I'm just playing. Yeah, do you want to pray? Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Father, we're, we're so thankful that we can gather as a body and that we can lift one another up to rejoice with those who rejoice to mourn with those who mourn father i ask a blessing upon my brother john that the message you've given him that he will have a firm grasp on it and that he will be blessed through you and bless us in bringing that message father please strengthen him encourage him bless him in jesus Christ's name amen Thank you, David. Whew, got a had a frog in my throat. Before we start today, I wanted to put this up on the screen. This is happening this Friday. Um, Threshold Ministries. Thank you, Julie, for kind of hooking us up with this. Uh, they are transitional h- housing, and they have a bunch of about fifty guys that are going to come right out here, and we're going to eat pizza. We're going to play cornhole. We're going to play spike ball. Have music, all kinds of stuff, and. We want the guys to come, like, from here if you can, right? So if anyone can come, it's at 5.30 uh, is whenever it starts. If you want to get here a few minutes early or a little bit early, you can just send me a message or whatever. I will be here early. The guys from Threshold around 2 o'clock, I think, are going to come and start setting some things up and all that kind of stuff. So it's just hanging out and eating and talking and getting to know some of these guys that could use, as Julie would say, some good, in- good influence. Right, Julie? She's excited, like she's really excited about. The, she thinks we're great for some reason, and so we're gonna. So no pressure, but you know if we blow this, then we're never gonna be asked to do anything like this again. <clears throat> so we need. Never mind. I'm gonna stop before I find myself in trouble. If you have any questions about it, let me know. I'll have Larissa send an email reminder out this week. Um, but, again, it's a good time. It's just a great opportunity to get to know these guys. And then uh, Julie has mentioned that as we do budgeting classes and do different things, it will help them to be more warm to us because they know who we are. It's their faces that they've seen. It's not just some, you know, random person that they're unsure who they are. So it will be great. I can't wait to do this. So, guys, come on. She did say that they could bring some of their girlfriends and stuff. So if there are a few ladies that are interested in coming, are you going to be there, Julie? Or No. They are going to bring their... That's what Matt said. Okay. Yeah, he said, he said that, that he said didn't know if they would bring them. So if there are a few ladies that are like, yeah, I'll show up. And if it's all guys, then I'll stay or I'll just leave. I mean, whatever you want to do, I'm just being real, like just to be flexible. I know this is kind of fast and you know, a one-week turnaround. But for us to really, as we're making this huge impact in our community, as we, the Lord will allow us to do so by his grace, we have to be flexible. And so, yay. All right. Flexibility. We can do it. We're going to start doing stretches before church. I, just, I heard like three or four cracks in my shoulders when I did that. I don't know if anyone picked that up on the mic, but we'll do, we'll do, flexi- we'll do stretches and we'll say we're Stones River and we're flexible. And it'll remind us that we are f- going to be flexible. All right, so uh, next slide, please. We'll get into the meat of the word that I'm excited about. Um, I've shown this slide for two weeks. This is our third week of us talking about the gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. And again, just to reiterate a few things, a few things are as we go and we go to shine a light at Mitchell Nielsen or with these guys at Threshold Ministries or wherever we're at, um, really, really want to see, I'm just being super, super big-time prayer about us knowing the giftings that we have, Honoring one another's giftings and really just running with those gifts So we've been spending the last couple weeks and we'll spend several more weeks literally going over the different gifts of the spirit But also recognizing that the gifts of the spirit must be used with the fruit of the spirit Because the fruit of the spirit is the character of the spirit the character of God and so to operate in the gifts of the Spirit without the fruit of the Spirit causes a lot of problems. And I've seen it happen, and I think many of us have seen that happen. On the other hand, to only look at the fruit of the Spirit and ignore the gifts of the Spirit, we're missing the power of God. The, these gifts that he, that he took captivity captive, we read in Ephesians 4, and he distributed gifts to man. And uh, so it's really exciting. I'm, I'm pumped up. I think you all have been enjoying it. I've heard some, some good comments. Okay, all right, right on. Let's go to the next slide. Let's just dive in then, huh? We're going to do what we did last week. I'm going to do a fruit, and we're going to have three gifts, and then I'm going to sandwich it. The the bun will be a fruit on the end. I don't know. Sorry. But that's what we're going to do. What have we talked about with the gift, with the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace. Our favorite one, patience. I'm going to stand here for the next ten minutes, and we're just going to see how patient everybody is so we can learn how to live in the fruit. Kyle was actually into that idea. Let's, Let's get practical, right? Patience is endurance, long-suffering, consistency. And as many of us have probably heard, hurry up, God, and give me patience, right? Is is anyone, like, recognize, like, do you, you don't have to raise your hand, but, like, go, you know what, I have have some patience. Or is there a lot of us that are like, that is something that I'm super struggling with. That's just something just to think about. One very practical thing I want to make mention of is as we do more of this, like engaging with God's mission here in Murfreesboro and going out, we have to have patience. We have to have to have patience. You cannot engage in ministry because I'm telling you, this will happen over and over again. You'll, get to, you'll be spending time with somebody and things are gonna be going great. You're like, yeah, and it'll be like two steps forward and then they'll take like three steps backwards. And you're gonna be like, are you kidding me? And if you just cut them off and say, oh, well, I'm done, then we're not gonna see progress. It is going to happen every time. No one takes this like perfect trajectory tra- trajectory to, to God and like never I mean right anybody here anybody made it perfect and not take a couple steps back at some point in time or multiple point in time and we're thank- and I'm thankful that God is patient with us. we have to extend the patience of God to others because again these are his this is god's character Second uh, Peter three says basically I love Second Peter three because basically it's talking about people mocking God. In mocking the people of God, saying, "You know, you know, uh, where's Jesus? Where's your Lord? Where's he at? He's not coming. It's been it's been a long time now." And the response that Peter has, like, it's brought me to tears as I thought about this week, because he he basically says, "It's not that God is is um, is delaying, like just for the sake of delaying or not coming back." He says, "He is patient towards you." Not wishing that any would perish, like it's the reason they're mocking God. And the the reality is, is God's heart is just so big that He doesn't want anybody to perish. Like I don't, I feel like somebody needs to hear that this morning. Like that's how, like He doesn't want you to perish. Like the reason He is delayed is because He loves so big that He wants nobody to perish. And then now we are called to live with that patience to the world. That's a big that's a that's big and that's but that's amazing because this world doesn't offer a lot of patience to a lot of people. Like we're taught you're on my dunzo list. Do you ever heard someone say that? I cut you off. We're dunzo. Like I'm done. Instead, living out that character of God's spirit that says, "No, you know what? I am I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be patient." So go to the next slide. I'm going I just pulled up several like verses on patience. I don't always love doing this because of um next slide please uh i don't always love doing that because you gotta look at everything in context so i'll i ask that you please would do so but psalm 37 opens up i skipped down a few verses after the dot 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 but do not fret because of the wicked do not be envious of the of wrongdoers basically psalm 37 opens up by saying you guys ever experienced this you think people who are treating people wrong and uh you know withholding their taxes and doing stuff and they're like like, man these guys are doing all right anyone ever thought that like that's kind of the whole idea of this like evildoers are everything's cool maybe i should join them maybe i should stop doing what the lord's told me to do because man i'm here broke and these guys are like living it up right don't fret about it don't be envious of what they have and then it tells us to do something. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will make your vindication shine like the light and justice of your cause like the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret over those who prosper in their way, over those who carry out evil devices. There's this idea with patience that we just steadily do the work of the Lord, right? It doesn't mean that we become lackadaisical. That's, 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 you, I'm just waiting on the Lord. You know, and we never, we don't do anything. We're not walking with God. We're not seeking his will. We're just, that's, that's being lazy. But there's a reality of us patiently enduring. So as we're going to Mitchell Nielsen, we're doing, we may not see the glory fall on day one, right? Or we've had day one, day two, day three, you know, we may not see the impact that we're making, but if we walk with the Lord and we're patient, God's going to do some stuff in people's lives. I think he already is. But we'll see it. But we have to be patient and steadfast. That's what patience is, being steadfast, being long-suffering. I got to experience some patience this week. Uh, I told Larissa I would have to work this small story into the sermon. She's like, how are you going to do that? I said, I got it. I got it. Preacher will figure it out. All my pipes are jacked up in my house. I'm about to get them repiped. Thanks, Roscoe Brown. They paid $50 for that spot on this podcast. I'm just kidding. Um... (laughs) Where's David at? Oh, there he is. Um, so my, I had a bunch of water under my house, so I left my thing, you know, a, a crawl space door open to, like, let it dry out. So, you know, you come home from being a Gatlinburg for a week, and you, or, uh, which uh, four days, four nights, five nights, whatever, and you just want to relax, you know. And you walk in the door and you go, the, boy, no, the boys go, what is that smell? And they're, like, you know, over-exaggerating everything. And uh, so basically this morning I worked on my sermon and cleaned a dead cat from underneath my house. (laughs) And I won't go into the details, but it wasn't pleasant. (laughs) So the Lord is teaching me patience with my house because I swear I feel like something keeps going wrong. Um, Thank God nothing like super, super major has happened. But anyways, or maybe that's just the enemy trying to steal from me. But I, am, I learned patience. I actually breathe. Like I was like, you know what? Because I was thinking I was teaching on this. Like, all right, look, hey, this is not the end of the world. This could be a whole lot worse. All it is is dead cat. Cleaned out, done, right? Go to the next slide. <clears throat> Told you. Luke chapter 8. Uh, I love this. I love this, y'all, because this is when he's talking about the spreading of the, of the seed. And there's a soil, the soil that fell along the path, the soil that fell among the thorns. And we all go, I want to be the good soil. But look, like look at what he says. Like, but as for, but as for that in the good soil, these are the ones when they hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with what patient endurance. So it's this, it's this, it's this patient endurance, this steadiness. There's a steadfastness, which is what the word patient that we just continue, despite circumstances. Despite maybe getting feeling bored, we we just continue to patiently do what God's called us to do and just be intentional and straightforward with it. Romans chapter 2, for he will repay, this is talking about God's justice and his his righteousness. That's what the context is. For he will repay according to each one's deeds those who, by patiently doing good, seek for glory and honor and immortality. I don't know about you, but I'm seeking for glory, honor, and immortality, and I'm not ashamed of that. (laughs) I'm excited about that. He will give life while those who are self-seeking, Megan had actually brought that up today, perfect actually, and who obey not the truth but wickedness will be in wrath and fury. So this this saying that this is all about us seeking to patiently do good, to selflessly do what God's calling us to do versus someone who is self-seeking, but there's a patience to that. There's patience to it because it gets tiring. Anybody ever get tired of it sometimes? I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that's just like, I kind of want to mix it up. I wouldn't mind doing some wickedness. <laughs> okay, Lord, no, I don't need to do that. <laughs> but I'm just, I don't know. Like, but listen to that. If we, if we patiently go about it, we're not, we, don't seek, we don't get something that's just like temp, temporal, like if I decide to go crazy for a little while. We get glory, honor, and immortality. That's, I think I'm going to go with the patience. I don't know about you all. And then lastly, I just put on here, uh, love is patient, love is kind, love is, uh, is not envious or boastful or arrogant. That is in the context of spiritual gifts. And so if we say we love our brothers and sisters, then we must be patient with them or we're not actually loving them. That's part of what love is. That's why when we love our kids big time, it's not as difficult to be patient with our kid. Yes, our kids will drive us crazy, but we forgive them and we keep going with them. That's what God's called us to do as, as his body. To be patient with one another you guys love patience but it's good man it's so good to have that that steadfastness all right let's go to romans chapter 12 thank you megan for doing verse 1 and 2 we're going to start on verse 3 that wasn't planned and we're going to talk about three see i didn't edit it or anything like that that's Uh, Taught on this, uh, I don't know, a a month or two ago, we talked about on the altar. If you all remember us talking about what that is. Thank you, Megan, too, for just reminding us of some of those things. Uh, We've talked about the gifts that were in Ephesians. We're going to start going through some of these gifts here in Romans. Some of them are duplicated. We're not going to talk about them again. But in verse 3, just to reiterate what Megan said earlier, that we're called to be this living sacrifice. And part of that process is that our minds are renewed so that we can discern what God's will is. Meaning, the world is flowing one way, and he's saying, in my kingdom, you're going to have to flow another way. You're going to have to have your mind renew. It's going to look different than this world, right? And so for us to operate as his body in the gifts, we are going to have to operate different. There's going to have to be some transformation that we're going to have to have in order to do this is what paul's saying we can't just keep we can't do things our same old way because the world i mean let's be real it's 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 selfish right you should get what you want whenever you want do whatever you want but we have to do we have to operate differently in order to show the world the body i don't want to forget to mention that we've said several times the reason for spiritual gifts is for building up the body so that we can show the world the mature christ I can't show the world the mature Christ in myself. We have it's together. I can't people can't see the fullness of Christ in John. He can see the fullness of Christ in John and John and Deborah and Larissa and, and that's all together because we all have these different gifts and we all have and we're all expressing them and that's so beautiful. But we are showing the world we are literally the body of Christ. All right. Uh, verse three For by the grace given to me I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. So again, us going into this idea of body and giftings, we are reminded, as Megan reminded us, that we can't, for this to work, we can't think my gift is the best and you got your gift is poo. I mean, you know, I'm just going to be real. And it's easy to do that. It's easy to be deceived and easy to get frustrated with someone else who doesn't operate in your gift as well as you do, right? I mean, why don't you? I can't believe it that you're not as prophetic as I am. But maybe they're excellent in exhortation, as we're going to talk about, and we can encourage that. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. And we talked about that as well, that, God, that there is a measure of faith that God has given each and every one of us. The question is, what are we going to do with that measure of faith? What have you done with it? How, do you, how does your faith grow? It grows by using it, by exercising it. Right? Remember Paul telling Timothy, stir up, rekindle the gift. Like, in order for us to see, we, we look at men and women and go, man, what a man or woman of faith. The reason that they're usually a man or woman of faith is because they've used it. They didn't start at some place where they're like soaring like Superman. They just took the measure of faith God gave them and said, okay, I'm going to trust you with this, God. Okay, I'm going to trust you with this, God. Oh, I'm going to walk out in faith here, God. Oh, God, I, okay, you told me to do this, let's do that. And then you look and you go, oh, my, th- th- that's how, you look at them and go, man, it's just like exercising. Like you have to use the muscles. And if we're not growing in faith, it's probably because we're not exercising faith. We're not, we're not uh, putting ourselves in positions to do so. I tell you, if you start to be intentional about hearing God, if we do, and doing what he says, he's going to put you out on some opportunities to stretch your faith. I mean, even going to do this thing on Friday, some of you guys may be tough. Like, man, I don't know about these guys. This is, I don't like to be around new people for some of you. It's reality. There's people, that a lot of guys, like I don't mind it, but that's my personality. For some of you, it is a stretch. So stretch. Go. You know what? I'm going to make this a priority. I'm going to go meet some new people, and I when I I'm not, I'm going to go talk to at least one new person, and I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow. I'm doing this for the Lord. I'm doing this for His body. Now, as, this is verse four. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all these parts do not have the same function. In the same way, we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So again, it reiterates the fact that us all, God is too creative to paint us all as drones of each other, uh, (laughs) clones. He's so creative, he's painted us all differently. And Paul's saying that the Holy Spirit has distributed gifts differently because of that. And yet, in this beautiful painting that God has, in this distributing of gifts that God has, in his genius, brilliance, we're all one. And then that line, that line gives me tingles when I read that it says that we're members of one another. Like, there is no s- solo Christianity. Like, I mean, seriously, the more that I've read this word outside of like my Western American lens, and, like, really thought, look through, like, what, what, what is Paul saying in the, in the first century, you know? What, what, are, what are the Jewish people doing as I'm reading? Like, there is no following Jesus outside of the, a community of faith. We, it's together. You can't divorce yourself from his body or from his, from his bride. You can't. It's his body. Like, I can't say, well, forget Deborah and Larissa and Noah and all these, and Mike. You don't care about them. You're saying you don't care about that part of Jesus' body and that ain't good. When we get that, Lord, continue to give us that revelation. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you continue to give us the revelation of your body. And how we're, we are individually members of one another. And that, Lord, that as we continue to seek your will for our city, that we would operate like that, Lord. Forgive us if we've ever thought more highly of ourselves. Lord, help us to just love each other and to actually use the gifts the way you would have us to to build one another up. Yeah, yeah. All right, verse six. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion, sorry, of one's faith. We've discussed prophecy, so I'm not going to continue to hit on that, but that's really... In the simplest of form, I said last week. For those who weren't there, I, mean, I called last week. I think like demystifying the gifts. Not that I'm taking the spiritual out. It just demystifying means to simplify, like taking away all these added things that man has made and stuff to the gifts. And really, prophecy is revealing the heart of God. That's what it is. It's, and it's, and it can be. It can be as simple as someone going, man. I just really feel like we need to do this. this, is, this is, I feel like there's a direction that God's telling us to, and you have that fire in you going, guys, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is it. This is it. it could be a, a word for someone. Who, I just feel like God's saying this. But there's, it's just really just revealing God's heart. What is his will? What is his heart to his people? And you having that strong conviction about that. All right. Use according to one's faith. If service or ministry... In serving. So go to the next slide. Ministry or service is uh, the gift that we're going to talk about for a second. And this is the interesting part of this gift is it's is not as simple in the sense of like Paul even says in verse in first Corinthians twelve, which we'll end up going to, that there are many services. And it actually uses the same Greek word, all right. There's many Diconeas. So there's different when we talk about service, there's different sides and elements to the side of this. All right. And you know that that Greek word is actually the same word where we get deacon? So if you look at deacon and you talk, the frustrating part is there's not any great, like there's descriptions for what a deacon should, like qualifications, but there's not this great, this is what a deacon is, and they should do this, 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 and this. Sometimes I get frustrated, but maybe God's like, man, why you got to look for a definition all the time? I don't know what it's like to. I just want to know it. But it's translated ministry most, uh, in most uh, translations, either ministry or or service or attendance or whatever. You, ever, you guys ever see someone and you just go, that person has a servant's heart? You just like, I get, and again, this is, I keep saying this about spiritual gifts. It's not like, yeah, go to the next slide. Whenever we look at these gifts, it's not like, well, I'm immune to that gift. I don't have to have that. Like, I don't need to serve. But it's just as simple as going, wow, Matt Winneborg would hate for me saying this, but he has a servant's heart. And I just see that in Matt, and I I just know it. Like, if you see the grounds around here and all this stuff, like, the reason that it's kept up half the time is because of Matt. I didn't know that until I started working over there. Then I'm like, good night. This guy's doing stuff left and right. That's why I brought up Matthew 20, 25. But Jesus said to him, Jesus called to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and the great ones are tyrants over them. Many of us have read this so many times, but I'm going to read it again. It will not be so among you, but he who wishes to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave, just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This goes back to the renewing of the mind because the world doesn't say to do this. The world constantly tells you to look out for, for yourself, for number one, right? And you deserve this car and you deserve this house and you deserve this and that and all, and all these things. And what happens is we have this, 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 this selfishness that pervades and Jesus comes in with his kingdom and goes, actually, real living is exactly opposite of that. Like, oh my gosh. And that's a, call, that's a call to us. And I think oftentimes we miss out on real living because we fail to just practice what Jesus said. Like, just trust what he says. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I wish to be first. Like, I do. Like I, it doesn't say there's any problem with wishing to be greater first. It doesn't say, well, you're wrong, Greg, for wishing to be first. He says, actually, if you want to, great. Go serve, and you'll be first. So when we get into the new kingdom, we're going to see the ones who serve the most at first and the ones who serve themselves last. And we might be like, oh, wow, I didn't know that person. <laughs> It's real. It's just the, it's the grand reversal. It's, just, it's amazing. And, it, and all of it comes through, like as I said, with patience. It's because of God's character and who he is. That's who he is. God himself has chose to give his life as a ransom for many. He chose to come and to not be served, but to serve. He said, do what I did. This is how I've made you. It's the fall that's got us all jacked up. Realigned with the way that we were actually created. And that is to, to serve. I brought up a couple of verses just so we can see kind of this, the differences in the different pieces of service. But in Luke 10, you know, Martha is going around doing a whole bunch of things, cleaning the house, cooking and do all these things. And it says, but Martha was distracted by her many tasks. It's the same Greek word there. So she, so she came to him and said, Lord, <clears throat> do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself and tell her to help me? And Jesus, of course, tells Mary, no. Or tells Martha she can stay here. But I just wanted to kind of give you an idea that that same word had to do with cleaning, had to do with cooking, had to do with the simplicity of just taking care, hosting Jesus. I think many of us can say, I got got some of that in me, right? Go to the next slide, please. Mm. Let's go to Acts 6 real quick. Because I think Acts 6 is a really good example of different types of service that God calls us into. I'm just going to dive right in. We're just going to rip through this. Acts 6, verse one, seven, one. sorry, <laughs> not 7. In those days the disciples were increasing in numbers. There arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews. So here we go, Megan. Here we go again, the, the Jews and the, and the Gentiles. This is what's happening. So there's, basically there's this fight that breaks out that they're like, why are the Hebrew Jews getting this, this food distribution? Why are the widows getting that? No one cares about the, the Hellenistic, the Greek Jews. Like, so they're fighting. Yeah, Everyone looks at the early church and goes, man, everything was perfect. It wasn't. They had arguments. But you know what I like about it? They dealt with it. I think that's cool, too. Maybe it wasn't fun. I don't know. I wonder if there was shouting involved. Maybe. Good chance. Who knows? Hebraic Jews, that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. So what does the early church do? What do the 12, what do the apostles do whenever there's a complaint against them? It says the twelve summoned the whole company of the disciples and said it would be it would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. How about that irritates a lot of people? Like seriously, like it would like what do you mean? There's people who need food and you're not willing to do it because your calling is to preach the word, to serve the word. Uh oh, am I stepping on people's toes? I love this part. It's in the scriptures, man. This is what they say. You know what it really is? It's a recognition of gifts and in operating in those gifts. This is what I want to see us like be excel in. No one back goes back to them and goes, well, you guys, I can't believe you're not willing to, to wait on tables. You too good for that? But the reality was is there were people, there are people who are gifted in serving the word, in serving the word to people. And to prayer, and they make this decision, hey, I want you to be able to focus. Don't, wouldn't you love someone to go, I want you to really be able to focus on where you're gifted? Right? I think everyone loves that. Yeah, at work or wherever you're at, like, not that you don't have other things to do, but I want you to excel at your gift. And that's what the early church is saying here. Like there are people that are gifted in this, excel. And then what are we going to do? Brothers and sisters, select verse three, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And then it says that this proposal pleased Please them, so what they did was they saw men that had wisdom and that were very gifted in this type of service, and recognized, hey, you guys focus on this type of service while we focus on serving the word. And guess what happened? It went well. It's okay, like it's you know I, you know what I love. Oh, so this week uh, I was reading an article. And, you know, Tennessee baseball is really good all of a sudden. if anyone, It doesn't matter. I'm not going to get into too much details. But we haven't been good for a long time. But this is, there's a point to this. We have a new, young, great coach. We beat Vanderbilt two games in a row. Can't believe it. Vanderbilt's great, okay? They've been amazing for a long time, way better than us. But what happened earlier this week in their first game, one, this dude gets up and he knocks one out of the park. Home run. And then the Vanderbilt coach, rightfully so, goes, hey, where's the sticker on the bat? Because what you have to do now is they have to test these bats and like ding and make sure they ring properly. Make sure you're not, you know, stuffing the bat with stuff that you shouldn't be putting in the bat so that you can hit home runs. And there's stickers that like like a foolproof seal that they put on baseball bats now. Can you believe that? It has to be approved. You cannot swing a bat without that seal. Well, it had fallen off in a previous game. Guess what? He's out. So they're talking to the, co- and they talk to the coach afterwards and like, man, what are you going to do? And he, this is what he said. I mean he, And I loved it. This is why it caught my attention. He said, look, we got to get better at that. I'm not gifted in that. I got to find someone to do that. Like he was just like, that's my gift is not checking bats and organ, being like a super detailed oriented person on that. And I actually respected someone who could say, I'm not super good at that. I'm going to find someone that will. I think we've got to be like that. Now, we could use it as an excuse to be lazy and not to do things, but I'll tell you what, I find myself struggling to do that sometimes because I don't want to make people feel like I'm putting my stuff off on them. Anybody else experience that? Like, so I try to do things, and I'm probably not the best at because I should just call Kyle and say, hey, Kyle, man, can you help me with this? And then I, and instead of what we see here in the early church going, you know what, you guys excel at that you excel at this, let's excel together. Let's do this thing together. Let's serve together. And these are varieties, because in here it says serve the word, exact same, exact same Greek word there. So there's service in serving the word, there's service in waiting tables, there's service in having hospitality for Jesus. These acts of service, and there are people, all of us are called to serve, but there are some of us who are extremely gifted, and just again saying, man, that person's a servant. That person's a servant. Excel in that. Don't like I've I've heard people be like, you know, like I've read Mother Teresa a lot, and she would be like, man, I did, I'm not really like great at any things, but I know how to serve people, and she changed the world. Like, <laughs> that's all we're looking. All you're looking for is people who would say, you know, I'm going to serve. I'm going to do what God calls me to do, and, and those types of people, man, that's that's that ministry, that's that, that gift of ministry. If you go to the next slide, I love that gift. Thank you. Two more of these, and then we'll do a, <clears throat> a fruit, and these will be pretty quick. The gift of exhortation or of encouragement. Did you all know that the Greek word is parakleo, which is the same, comes from the same word as paraclete. You know what that is, who that is? That's the Holy Spirit. That's why that word, exhort, actually means to call to one side or to come to one side. And it has to do with encouragement. I think the NIV uses the word encouragement, admonishment, comfort. This is so important. I talked to what Chuck and Ben before this, this started. Chuck came and gave me a word of encouragement. And I said, Chuck, thank you for that. Because I'll tell you what, in this world we have right now, we need some encouragement. And some of us feel small because I don't have this super, you know, apostolic or prophetic gift. All I have is a gift of encouragement. That is hugely needed. Do you know how many pastors I know that are terribly depressed and bummed out? I'm just being real, they need someone to go, Hey, you thank you for what you do like you know what I mean? I know that there are plenty of gifts of encouragement here in this church. in fact, like even when my my grandmother passed a couple weeks ago, I got several handwritten notes, and that made that was super encouraging to me i wasn't bummed out about grandma, but it was just super it was just super encouraging to know someone took the time to not just get a uh, a card, but to literally write something out, stick it in the mail, put an envelope, and send it to my house. And I was like, I don't know, I just loved it. It was so encouraging. Anybody else experienced that before? I know for a fact that Matt wouldn't be doing this without Diane bugging him and encouraging him <laughs> to lead in singing. Is that right? I mean, that's true. That's 100% true. So that gift of encouragement has Matt excelling in his gift. That is what it means to use the gift to build the body. That's what it looks like. Like, that's so practical. The body is being built up, and now Matt is ministering and building up the body with his gifts because of Diane's gift of encouragement to Matt to say, Dude, you need to do this, and I would love to see how she said it because she's probably pretty straightforward. I like it. I like that. But we can't, like, downplay how important this gift is. Uh, just a a simple word to come alongside somebody it doesn't have to be some great sermon that someone gives like it can just be come alongside and going hey brother or sister even um as Greg mentioned earlier even with what we're talking about right here going i see this gift in you i just want i want you to ex- like excel in that gift that is a word of encouragement and some of us are excellent at that and if you're excellent i just encourage you to just continue to do it and maybe even spread your wings more like look for more intentional opportunities right I know people that are good in like a small circle, maybe just say, hey man, who are other people that really could use and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, I just ask that you would reveal, just show me who needs a word of encouragement and to start living that life where we're looking around and and those encouragers are, are doing it. Does that mean that we're not supposed to encourage if we don't have the gift of encouragement? No, but there are people who excel in it and I know people in this room, I can say their names and they'd probably be embarrassed, but they have been encouragers to me to my family, to many, and to, I know many of y'all would say, yep, I know exactly. Right now we're thinking of people in our minds, excel. We need, we need that as we go to Mitchell and We need it when, as we are going through things, and man, maybe we're not seeing some of the difference, and we are going through that patient stretch where we're learning patience, and the encouragement to go, no, come on, you guys are doing great. Let's go. Don't forget that encouragement, though, and all these gifts are for building up the body, so make sure that we're encouraging people to do things uh, that the Lord would have us to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm not to say it, because you could be like, oh, this, this, sweetie, that's just such a good idea, and you're like, Jesus is like, uh, I don't know if you should be encouraging them to do that. I think we all knew that, but I thought I'd say it, because you just never know, cause that's, because it's all about the gift to build up the body. All right, the next one. hmm The next one that he brings up here in this is the gift of giving, and the real the cool thing about this is what it really means. It's like it's the it's when you look at the Greek, it is about sharing, and big time givers. You guys know. I think whenever I say these gifts, people have. Do you guys have people popping in your minds? Like not you're asking yourself too. Like, do I have this gift? Am I operating in this gift? And if you do, again like we said at the very first week stir that gift up rekindle that gift i think there's a lot of us who have gifts that we've allowed them to kind of simmer a little bit and we don't we need to go and blow those things into flame and just go at it just really excel in it but the the, the giver and the gift the people that i know that have that that real gift of giving i believe in my life see that their possessions they're just stewarding god's i'm just being real like so when it comes to financial giving they're just yeah, like, it's not that, it doesn't call us to be reckless. It's not calling you to be reckless. But you guys know those people. They're just, like, they're, they're the first one. They're You know what, I, if they feel like God's telling them to give, they're going to give that. When it comes to time, they're ones that are giving their time. That, man, I really needed someone to spend some time with, and that they are, they are extremely good at giving of their time or whatever that may be. Good at letting other people use their possessions. You guys know those people that are just like, you know what, my house is your house. Like, come over. My pool is your pool. Come over. I'm. am They're just a giver, and like you sense that their whole life is like just recognizing that they're just inviting other people to participate in what God has given them, and it's all one. And that's what we. That's the cool thing is that that's what we see. You know, in the early church, I love it. Like that's and like that. This is there are people who excel, and I want to tell you how important you are. Like. Whenever we've gone and done coffee and donuts, we'll talk about financial giving. We couldn't do it if people didn't give. You know that, right? Look at those guys, I love it. That, it's 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 an Im- hugely important part of the body of Christ, and the enemy lies to people about this because I know people recently who have told me that they feel, and the moment in, this moment in their life, that they are supposed to excel in business to financially support the work of the ministry. And they struggle over and over with the enemy telling them, "You're not doing the work. You're not really doing the work. You're not really doing the work." And they're going, "No, no, I really feel like I'm called to that." But oh, yeah, but you're not down. Your boots are not always on the ground. It's not. And these people I know are like, they do like live lives out loud for Jesus. But they get, you know, you hear these cool stories of this person coming to know the Lord, or this person reading the Bible for the first time, you know, or this and that happening. And, and but recognizing that, that those things couldn't happen without people supporting and being givers it just can't and there are times in our lives whenever you know uh, people that that's that is their gift and i just like encourage you just excel at it if god said be a big giver and i gifted gifting you with that then be a dang good giver if i can say that and stop letting the enemy lie to you and act like you're not doing what he told you to do right don't let people look down on you because well you know you weren't here during this brother sister well, I was working my butt off so that you can do that, right? I mean, let's <laughs> And you, it's good. It's good. It's good. good. All right. Let's go to the last thing I'll talk about real quick. Kindness. And that word kindness has to do with a, a goodness or a useful kindness. So it's not just like smiling. It's like building the body up. You're using that kindness is 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 is, is underlying all that we're talking about here is I really believe that that's remember that that's why I start with one and end with one like when we talk about exhorting and we talk about being really good encouragers we talk about being big-time givers like giving and not giving with kindness doesn't really work too well does it <laughs> here's your money oh yeah I guess you can have a couple hours of my time you be I'd be like bro I don't even want to spend time with you then stop acting like you're you're giving and you don't even give it with kindness The world needs some kindness, doesn't it? <laughs> I see a lot of, like, the world out there needs people, believers, the church, to show the kindness of God. Right? It's the kindness of God that's supposed to, what, lead us to, what, repentance, like renewal, like changing our minds and actually changing our lives. But it's God's kindness that does this. God is, have you, do you ever think about it? God is kind. God is good. And that kindness does something inside of us. So as we think about these gifts, let us not forget to, again, think about these fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. So as we're thinking about the gift of apostles and prophets and teachers, as we've talked about, um, pastors or pastor-teachers and exhorting and all these things, let us not forget that God has called us to love. We can do all these crazy things, but if we don't have love while we're doing it, it's not worth anything. I can, give, I can give you an amazing prophetic word, and if I don't have love in it, Paul's basically like just a waste of your time. <clears throat> love, have joy. Y'all, I, I loved joy last week. I, I, I talked about that because church has lost. We, we, we need some joy. We just need Sometimes we need to express it, too. Sometimes we just need to run around the building a little bit and hoot and holler. Everyone doesn't have to, but, you know, I know there's some people that can get down in here. I'm not. I'm looking around at y'all. And it's okay to have the joy. I I shared that about the the Mexican restaurant last week, and how there's you guys have all this joy. And I was like, I don't know, like it's (laughs) do we? I mean, like it's it's we should be joyous because of what Christ is, uh, because of who He is. Peace, have peace in the midst of that joy. Patience, as we talked about, endure, 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 endure. Steady, steadfast, and kind. Be kind. Be kind as you operate in these gifts. Be kind as we express this character of God to the world. All right, I'm going to pray. And as we've been doing, as we've been growing in the gifts, one of the gifts that we want to grow in, and this is an opportunity to practice, is hearing God's voice. So as the worship, you guys can come up here and play a song. I kind of like doing that. Um, As they're singing, as we are singing together in one accord, ask the Lord, is, is there a word a prophetic word you have. Is there a word of encouragement that you have for this body? Is there a word of teaching? I don't mean preach another sermon, but if if there's something, to, is there something that the Lord's wanting to share? And I, every week lately, someone has had something, and oftentimes it's funny. Oftentimes it's things that I went, oh shoot, I meant to say that, and I forgot. So the Holy Spirit was like, all right, cool, I'll make sure that it gets said. <laughs> so Lord, you are you are our Lord, you are our King, and you are beautiful. You are lovely. We just we love. When I think about the fruit of the spirit, it brings me to tears because I love everything about you. I love that you are that you that you are love. That you have joy. That you are kind. That you have patience. The Lord, that you are a good God. I just love who you are, God, and I desire, we desire to show the world your character, to show the world. The full mature body of Christ that operates in those. Holy Spirit, we love your gifts. We are desirous of them. As we'll learn here in a few weeks, Lord, we're going to strive after your gifts. I just continue to ask that you would bring revelation to the gifts that we have, and that you would continue to fan those into flame, God. That like this week, that it wouldn't just be a a good sermon or whatever that we hear, or Lord, that, that we would tomorrow, that we would say, I'm gifted here and I need to start using. I need to start stepping out in faith, taking the measure of faith God has given me and start using that gift to build up the body. And I thank you for that, Father. Man, you're so good. In Jesus' name, amen.